Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Four Vaginas Only. In this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about current events. There is a new birth control that has been approved for over-the-counter use in the United States, and we're going to talk a little bit about it. But first, let's cue the music. Hello, and welcome to Four Vaginas Only, the podcast about everything female. I'm your host, Dr. Celestine, bringing you important information about understanding your health and body in the way you wish your doctor would actually explain it. All right, guys. Well, welcome to the Four Vaginas Only podcast. My name is Dr. Celestine, or Dr. C, as you guys lovingly know me as. And I am the host of the Four Vaginas Only podcast. I'm also a board-certified OBGYN that has been practicing for more years than I'd like to admit at this point. And in this episode, we're going to talk about the recent birth control pill that was passed by the Federal Drug Administration, or the FDA, approved, rather, to be an over-the-counter birth control pill, the first ever of its kind in the United States of America, only passed a couple weeks ago. So over-the-counter means that this birth control pill will not require a prescription. You do not need a doctor to write your prescription to start this birth control. And it comes at an interesting time because not too long ago, the United States Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade, which allows women to get legal abortions in the United States, and that's been overturned. So on one hand, we're overturning abortion. On the other hand, we're allowing women to get a birth control pill with no prescription. I will say I love the latter, hate the former, Um, and here we are, the United States, just as torn as ever. (laughs) But this is not a podcast about that. This is a podcast about the birth control pill that was approved. It's called O-Pill, letter O-P-I-L-L, and it's going to be available at stores over the counter in early 2024 is the projected time frame. Now, why is this so important? It's something that we've been fighting for for a long time in terms of OBGYNs, in terms of the governing body of obstetrics and gynecology in the United States called ACOG, because having birth control readily available is important for many different reasons. Now, I will say, you know, even I was like, oh, I wonder, because a lot of medications that are prescription here are not prescription in other countries. Um, I don't know if you guys have noticed that if you ever go on vacation outside of the United States, but... According to this website that I found called Contraceptive Atlas of um, EU, so of Europe, there's not that many countries in Europe that even allow it over the counter. So far, just a few, such as Italy, Greece, Ireland, the UK. And in the UK, a birth control pill was only just available over the counter in 2021, according to this article or according to this website. So we're not that far behind as I thought we were. So, okay, a little kudos to the United States there. Okay, so let's talk about this O-pill. So you can get pretty much any birth control you want as a prescription from your doctor. Um, It has to go through your insurance, et cetera, and depending on that is how much cost you'll pay, depending on what insurance you have. This pill, you can literally go to the store, just like you pick up Tylenol or Advil, and you could pick up the O-pill. Now, the O-pill is a progesterone-only birth control, meaning that it does not have estrogen in it. So it's not the, quote, regular pill that most people are on, but it still is a very common birth control pill that is prescribed. I prescribe progesterone-only pills all the time. But here's the thing. They haven't released pricing yet, so we don't know what that's going to look like. And, you know, a lot of people have put out different statements that it's crucial that insurance covers the O-pill, 
that the OPIL should be in a cost-effective bracket that most people can afford. Even the White House and Joe Biden have put out statements that kind of is backing this over-the-counter contraception or over-the-counter birth control at a cost um, for patients to be able to afford. So everybody's saying they want everybody to afford it. But, you know, my thought is we'll see what happens because, one, I mean, I touched, touched a little bit on the Roe versus Wade stuff. You know, you're just, I'm <laughs> I just, to be honest, I just don't trust what's coming down the pipeline. But... I'm hopeful that since this was approved by the FDA and since a lot of people are backing the fact that it should be either covered by insurance or really, really cheap, I'm hopeful that that's what happens because that's the only way it's really going to get utilized by the public. So that needs to happen in order for it to actually have an effect. And why this is important. So there's about 6 million pregnancies that happen in the United States each year. And about half of those, half of 6 million, so 3 million of those are pregnancies that are unintended, meaning an oopsie baby, didn't want it to happen, weren't using condoms properly, condoms broke, weren't on birth control. And even if it's an oopsie baby, some people are still excited about that and some people still want a child even though it was unintended. But I'm sure there's a large portion of that where you know they are not wanting a pregnancy uh, another portion of that probably desires to get an abortion. And then we go down the Roe v. Wade pipeline that I wasn't trying to go down in this in this episode. But, you know, it all kind of connects here. And at the end of the day, an unintended pregnancy is connected to negative mom and baby outcomes, like mom not receiving prenatal care in a timely fashion, increased risk of preterm delivery, adverse or poor outcomes of the baby, it's linked to that. So if we have this birth control pill that's over the counter, easier to access with hopefully, I'm crossing my fingers here, hopefully a good price or relatively no cost at all, then we're not putting women at an increased risk of dealing with an unintended pregnancy. So overall, I believe that it's a win. So let's talk about this O-pill. So the O-pill is a progesterone-only birth control like I talked about a little bit earlier. The progesterone name in particular is Norgestrel, N-O-R-G-E-S-T-R-E-L. That is the fancy scientific name for that type of progestin. So birth controls that more people are commonly referring to as birth control have usually estrogen and progesterone in them, like the Yazes out there, the Saronics, the um, Loloestrins, all of those have combination hormone, meaning estrogen and progesterone. This pill that's going to be available over the counter, hopefully in 2024, is just norgestrel progestin. So no estrogen, just a th- synthetic progesterone. Progesterone is a normal hormone that's produced by the body. All birth control pills have a synthetic version of it, and the O-pill has the version called norgestrel. Now, although it's newly going to be available in the United States as a pill, this form of birth control has actually been available as a contraceptive prescription since 1973. I believe this company, from what I understand, took a break for a while of producing this norgestrel, but now it's coming back as this over-the-counter use in America. So what does that mean? What can you expect? Okay, so there are other birth controls that have estrogen and progesterone in them that require prescription that have 
the estrogen with the norgestrel, and people are probably already taking them. They're called like Crisel, Ogestrel, Low Ogestrel. So norgestrel is not new. So I don't want anybody to be, you know, concerned that this is a brand new birth control because that's not the case. But every birth control that you try, every progestin or progestin is the official name, but I tend to go back and forth between calling it progestin and progesterone. But any progestin that's in a birth control or a progestin that's solely by itself as a birth control medication has different effects on your body. So for example, the only other progesterone-only birth controls that exist right now in the United States, one has a progestin called norethindrone, and the other has a progestin called drospirinone. And now this new one, or new in quotes, it's not really new, is called norgestrel. Names are really confusing, but they affect your body differently. And the main difference is how androgenic it is. So androgenic is our fancy word for saying how much it's going to affect weight gain, how much it's going to affect acne, things like that. Like usually the side effects that people don't like from most birth controls is called the androgenic properties of the progestin in the birth control. So this new birth control, Opil, that has norgestrel in it, has it's a second generation progestin and it has a high androgenic activity, which means some unwanted side effects can be weight gain and acne to expect. Now, when you compare that to the norethindrone birth control pill, it's a little bit less androgenic. And then if you compare that to the drospirinone birth control progesterone-only pill, it has really low androgenic activity and may actually help to reduce acne and mild symptoms of PMS, like water retention, weight gain, increased appetite, negative mood, etc. But I will say here that how a medication is marketed is not always how it will affect you. How a medication is, if you open a book and you see how a medication is supposed to react, is not how it is going to always react in you. And overall, pregnancy has the most hormones. Pregnancy has, you know, a, a influx of estrogen and progesterone. I know I had crazy acne in my pregnancy. Obviously, you get weight gain in pregnancy. So you kind of have to weigh the risks and the benefits in what you're willing to kind of deal with or tolerate or what you want in the end. I don't know which one's the better word, but you kind of have to figure out what's more important to you here. If you can't get to the doctor, you can't get a prescription, you don't want to have a baby right now, then I say yes, get this O-pill once it becomes available over the counter. So how progesterone-only birth controls work, they are just as effective as the combination estrogen and progesterone birth control. The main thing that it does is it thickens the mucus around your cervix and it thins the line lining of the uterus. And that's how it prevents a pregnancy or an egg and sperm to meet. It kind of interrupts that, that possibility. And if you had estrogen in the pill, the estrogen is what kind of is almost guaranteed to also stop you from ovulating, meaning you're not even creating an egg. But in the progesterone-only pills like this O-pill that's coming out in 2024, you can sometimes not ovulate, but you sometimes do ovulate. So about half the people will still ovulate on the O-pill. So that's not the definitive way of how it prevents pregnancy. It's mainly the thickened cervical mucus and the thinning of the lining of your uterus that does the trick. So here's the thing about this over-the-counter birth control being available. Now, 
which is kind of what we've been advocating all along, right? So you have to keep that in mind. Now you are in control of your own birth control. You can't say the prescription wasn't renewed. You can't say you couldn't get an appointment at the doctor. You can't say hopefully, hopefully, that it's too expensive to purchase. You know, you are in control of your own health here. And I think that has positives and negatives. Obviously, I'm a gynecologist, but I'm also a human being that lives in the day-to-day world. (laughs) So I think there are definitely positives and negatives. But first, before we talk about that, let's lay out kind of the who can take the pill and who should not. And I think if you have any questions about whether you can or not, you should still talk to a doctor in order to figure that out if you're you know confused about it or concerned about it. But first and foremost, yes, you can take the pill right after you have a baby. Um, it's safe in the postpartum period. You can also take it if you're breastfeeding. As a OBGYN, I and we collectively prescribe progesterone-only birth control pills for breastfeeding because it's not linked to decreasing breast milk and there's no negative side effects to the baby. So that's perfectly healthy and fine. You can actually take it in most cases if you have a history of blood clots in your legs or your lungs. I will always tell you in that case to confer with whoever your hematologist is or who manages the fact that you had that in your past, but most people can. And it's still safe mostly if you have high blood pressure or heart problems because the biggest culprit to worsening high blood pressure or heart problems and blood clots is the estrogen part of the pill. And in this new O pill that's over the counter, there is no estrogen. It's progesterone only. So it's still safe for you. Also, in general, if you're concerned about taking estrogen for any reason, you can you know feel confident knowing that this pill does not have it. But now let's talk about who should not take it. So if you have had a past or present history with breast cancer, you should not take it. If you've had cervical cancer, really any prior cancer, you should probably not take it or at least consult with your doctor before you do. If you have certain liver diseases, you should not take this birth control pill. If you have bleeding that is not a regular period coming every month, if it's irregular in any way, you should not take this pill or at least consult with your doctor before you do. And if you take certain medications for the treatment of tuberculosis, HIV or AIDS, or medication to control seizures, you should most likely not take this. But I would say talk with your doctor first before you start purchasing it over the counter yourself. Also, do not take this if you are on another birth control. This birth control is a standalone. You can use it with condoms, and I highly suggest using it with condoms because the birth control does not prevent STDs. Only condoms do. But it should not be used with other birth control medications. So that's kind of an overall of who should take it and who should not take it. Okay, so overall... The failure rate of all oral birth control, so that's the ones that have estrogen and this O-pill and the others that have progesterone only, is about a 7% failure rate, which means that's an average. So let's say anywhere about six to nine out of every 100 women will get pregnant while using this pill with typical use, okay? Typical use is use in the real world. Um, you forget a pill, you're late for a pill, et cetera, et cetera. If you're doing it perfect use, meaning you're always on time, you're never late, you take it every day, that's probably about still a 98% success rate, meaning about 2% will still 
get pregnant on it. But I think a 7% failure rate is obviously better than condoms and obviously better than nothing at all. So if this is your only option or is this the option that you choose for yourself, it's better than alternatives. So still great. Now, a little bit first about patient autonomy before we end this podcast episode. I was talking about it's good versus bad. Oh, one more thing. So with this progesterone-only pill, you cannot be that late when you take it. Speaking of being late or missing pills, if you are more than three hours late from taking your pill at the recommended or at the time that you usually take it every single day, then that's considered a late pill. So you need to use backup condoms or contraception for a few days while you catch back up by taking it on time at your regularly scheduled time. So three hours is considered late, which is a little bit shorter than the combination pill with estrogen that can sometimes be 24 hours before it's considered late. So that's just a little memo. Okay, good versus bad that you're in control. I think it's great. I think I love having, you know, everybody be informed, understand what's going on with their body, take control of their own health care. Obviously, it's why I started for vaginas only. But here's why I sometimes think it's bad is because I still want women to see their gynecologist every year. That's still important, whether you're getting the birth control pill from them or not. Um, also, you just have to really be responsible. So there are women that come to my office, they'll tell me, I had a woman the other day and she was like, I am a child. <laughs> She's like, I can't have a child. I don't want a child because I could barely take care of my own schedule. So if you know you're someone like that, maybe you need a different form of birth control. Maybe you still need to see a doctor. You have to understand yourself and your body in order to take hold of this power of doing the birth control for yourself. And if you can't handle it, that's what gynecologists like myself are here for, okay? So I think it's great, but I think you have to understand who you are and what's going on in your body before you can um, use it and use it properly. And we're here to ask questions. Even if you come for a visit, you should come every year, but if you if you come one time to ask just about that and then go on your merry way and buy it over the counter yourself for years and years and years, then I think that's great also. But you really have to take, there's no one to blame here. If you start doing this yourself over the counter, it's all on you. So that's great, I think. And that's empowering and that's exciting, but you just have to keep that in mind. So the O-pill, the progesterone-only norgestrel birth control pill, first ever over-the-counter birth control pill to hit the shelves in the United States, hopefully in 2024, hopefully at a reasonable price. (laughs) I'm excited about it. And I'm looking forward to seeing how legislation and the country handles it in this post-overturned Roe v. Wade society. And that's it. I'll see you guys in the next one. That's all for now. Catch me at 4 Vaginas Only on Instagram. You can email me at drc at fvonly.com. Send me DMs anytime. I can't answer personal medical questions, but I can talk to you in general about things going on and about the science behind it. And I will see you guys in the next podcast episode. Bye.